0: Prayer is a waste of time. I don't hear God in prayer. Prayer doesn't work. These are some of the three most common retorts that we get, or that we feel whenever we feel like prayer isn't something that we want to be a part of. And so this homily, I want to address those three thoughts and by doing so, addressing the necessity specifically of meditative prayer and then how to meditate. So, meditative prayer. Oftentimes, when we think about prayer, we don't distinguish between the different forms of prayer. Classical spiritual theology would say that there are eight different forms of prayer. I'm only going to talk about really one tonight, but we often, when we grow up, learn vocal prayer. That is the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be. And this has to be the foundation of prayer, just as language is the foundation of thought, right? Like I can't have an idea unless I have words to think about the idea. And so it is with prayer that I need to know what the Our Father is to really think about the Our Father. Now, we know that the church says, and quoting some of our saints, and in the scriptures and tradition, that if we do not pray, then we will certainly go to hell. If we do not pray, we will certainly go to hell. Because prayer is spending time with God, and heaven is eternity with God. If I spend no time on earth with God, why would I desire to spend time with God in heaven, we know that. And so, does simple vocal prayer suffice? Oftentimes, no. Oftentimes, simply saying in our Father or saying a Hail Mary is not enough to cause the soul to commune with God, to be one with him. But we know that the firstborn to enter into heaven is Jesus Christ. No one was able to enter into heaven before Christ came. And so we have to be conformed to Christ to enter into heaven. Now, we do that firstly through the sacrament of baptism. But we continue that work of baptism by constantly transforming our thoughts, our desires, and our decisions into Christ's thoughts, desires, and decisions. And we do that through meditation. We do that through meditation. And the reason is very simple. It's because we become like those who we spend time with. We become like those who we spend time with. We take on our friends' thoughts, our friends' desires, our friends' decisions, the more time that we spend with them. And so it is with the Lord, that the more time that we spend in meditation, we take on the mind of Christ and the heart of Christ. And so with that said, we know the necessity then of prayer, that in order to enter into heaven, we must become Christ who has gone before us into heaven's doors, And by doing so, we must take on his sacred mind and his sacred heart. And meditation is the narrow gate by which we do that, because we must spend time with him. And so that leads us into our first kind of complaint about prayer. Prayer is a waste of time. And if we say that, in a sense, we're kind of right. Prayer is a waste of time, because that's exactly what we do with friends, We waste time. We simply spend time with one another. There's no agenda. There's no task. There's no something that must be done in order to get together. We can simply sit on the back patio and talk. We can just be with one another. Prayer has to be a waste of time in a sense. And the reason is because humans live, in a sense, to waste time. Joseph Pieper in his book, Leisure is the Basis of Culture, makes it clear that we um, don't—or man's existence isn't simply to work, right? This is why it's torturous to have a prison camp in Siberia or a prison camp, you know, at Auschwitz or something, right? Because it's beneath man's dignity just to simply work without any kind of leisure, But what is man's leisure, or what do we waste time on, is the question. If I work so that I can, at the end of the day, sit on the couch and watch YouTube, then that's the way in which I I leisure. If I work so that I can get enough money uh, just simply to, to buy hunting gear and sit in a deer stand, then that's my ultimate form of leisure. It could be fishing, it could be shopping, it could be who knows. It could be all different kinds of things. But if all those things happen to the exclusion of a life of prayer, what we're showing is that this is the pinnacle of my life, that I live to sit on the couch, or I live to sit in the deer stand, or I live to be on the boat. But, Joseph Pieper says, that leisure in its highest form must be contemplating the good. Leisure in its highest form must be contemplating the good, because man is not reduced to his simple animal desires. So then for the Christian, that contemplation of the good is God himself. That we waste time, we are leisurely with God. We spend time with him. In fact, prayer is not always calculated. While prayer should be um, a rhythm, we should have a set amount of time of prayer each day. We can also just leisurely spend time with God. We see that clearly in one who has no need of prayer to become perfect, Jesus Christ. That sometimes he just spends nights on the mountain in prayer to his Father. Does he need to, to be purified? He doesn't, but he spends time with God because he knows that this is eternal life, to be with the Lord, which leads, I think, to the next question though, is that time spent in God, and this is kind of a serious concern, um, is I don't hear God's voice. I go to pray and nothing happens. Now, this can come, I think, from a culture of like, perhaps we just go on a retreat or we're talking to some spiritual friends. And we get intimidated because we hear people say often, well, I heard God on their retreat say this, or God has been saying this to me, or I heard him say this whenever I was talking to a friend. And we become intimidated because I don't hear God's voice. I don't know what he sounds like. And even as Jesus says in the gospel, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. That can be intimidating. But I just want to provide some reassurance Because sometimes we actually do hear God's voice in an external way. Maybe sometimes we are making something up, you know, like if I am in a state of mortal sin and I am saying, yeah, God is inspiring my prayer this way and that way, the one way that God is going to move us in mortal sin is to repent, you know, because we're outside of a state of grace. That's the way that he will work with grace. But what is it then, what is the ordinary means in which God will speak to us then? Does God ordinarily speak with this kind of external voice, a foreign voice? The answer is no. Spiritual theologians in the history of the church have titled this kind of external voice to be called a locution. It is called a locution. It's a very rare thing for even a saint to experience. It is not the ordinary way in which God sanctifies. It is the extraordinary way. The ordinary way is through our intellect. It's through our reason. It's through the thoughts that we come up with in prayer, but recognizing that thoughts can come from God. St. Bernard of Clairvaux says this, without grace, man's heart is incapable of thinking good thoughts, that its capacity to do so comes from God. The good thought is God's inspiration, not the heart's offspring. So when I go to pray, perhaps I'm praying with today's gospel, and I read Jesus saying, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. And if I have the thought, perhaps just reasoning over the gospel, no one can take me out of Jesus' hand, but I know that I've left Jesus' hand. Perhaps I can jump out of Jesus' hand. Perhaps this is God's inspiration because this is a good thought, and that the good thought cannot happen outside of God's grace. We need not be intimidated or disappointed If we don't hear God's voice as an external kind of voice, the ordinary way in which God speaks to us is through our mind that is perfected and um, divinized, made like God through grace, through those thoughts. So the person who is holier and in a greater state of grace is able to hear God's voice more clearly because he has a holier mind. Now, the third point. Well, prayer doesn't work. Well, prayer doesn't work. And I think this gets back to what should be the point of our prayer. We know that prayer is meant to transform our desires and transform our mind and our intellect. St. Teresa of Avila says that meditation is the basis for acquiring all the virtues. And to meditate is a matter of life and death for all Christians. It is a matter of life and death for all Christians. We pray not only because God isn't satisfied with burnt offerings. Being a Christian isn't just behaving a certain kind of way, mastering that behavior, and then moving on to something else. It is not even about just being a certain kind of person. Being Christian, we know, is about being with God. In fact, being one with him. And so prayer is about that. We should not, if we're asking the question, well, prayer doesn't work for me or prayer is ineffective. What we're showing is I pray so that I can be a kind of person or I pray so that I can get some kind of feeling out of it or I pray so that I can feel better about myself, whatever it might be. But prayer is done for its own sake because God is loved for his own sake. And so I don't want to finish this homily just by saying, go meditate. It's a matter of life and death and not do any kind of steps to talk about how we should meditate. And there are a lot of different ways but I'm just going to run through, kind of quickly, the uh, one of the most ancient ways, and that is called Lexio Divina, and the four steps that entails. What Lexio Divina is, it's Latin for sacred reading, divine reading, and it is ordinarily done with the scriptures. Now, though the scriptures are the word of God, not everything within the scriptures leads most readily to transformation of my mind of my desires and my choices I would not pick up the pick up the the book of Leviticus and say you know because um, God says that uh, the the priestly the fat belongs to the Lord in Leviticus 3:16 I want to become a better person I want to be like Jesus right that's kind of a weird scripture verse to meditate upon There are some books of the Bible that are more oriented toward that. One of them, and the church recognizes this, is the book of the Psalms. Because the book of the Psalms is the one book of Scripture that we hear every single Mass. And it is said in response to God's Word at every Mass. So that if I don't know what to say to God, the psalmist does. And so what do I propose practically? One, Pray for at least 20, meditate for at least 20 minutes a day. Because the mind cannot settle in and be with the Lord and just waste time with him unless it's for at least that amount of time. Otherwise, we are distracted. We're moving from thing to thing. And we're not able to actually meditate upon who Jesus is and fix our mind on his virtues and on his love. Two, if we don't already have a regular set thing that we are praying with it would not be a bad idea to pick one psalm a day to start with psalm one and then if i go all the way to psalm 150 by that time i've prayed for five months and i've developed a habit of prayer so to pray with one psalm a day now the steps of lectio divina and with that psalm are 4 they you're going to look like this Let's say we're praying with a popular psalm like Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Fresh and green and pastures, he leads me. He gives, gives my soul repose. Let's say I'm praying with that. The first step that I'm going to do is I'm simply going to read the psalm. Now, when I read the psalm, I don't read it as kind of a dead word, but I read it as a living person speaking behind that word. Similarly, if my mom texts me, and she says, take out the trash. Well, I don't just read that text kind of on its own. I read it understanding that, oh, my mom asked me to take out the trash four times earlier this week. She I, I feel the anger behind the, you know, behind the text message, right? I hear her voice. Similarly, I go to pray with the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. And because I place myself in the psalm, perhaps I think, but there's a lot of things that I want, and there's a lot of things that I want that God does not want for me. And in placing myself there, I now hear the psalm as something that's spoken particularly and personally to me. And so that word, that idea, that phrase sticks out, that I shall not, that Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But I want, which leads us to our second step: that after we've read the scripture, now we meditate on it. We place our mind on it. What does that mean that the Lord does not want me to want? Does it mean that He sees that my desires take Him away, take me away from Him? Does it mean that my desires are so too small, and that um, I don't? desire his will but I settle for less. I place my mind on that and I think about what God is saying, what that means. And afterwards, the third step is then prayer or conversation. Where God has already spoken his part, the Lord is my shepherd, there's nothing I shall want. Now I speak back to him saying, Lord, there are a lot of things that I want that you don't want me to want and i ask you to take those desires from me i ask you to take the desire of sin away from me please lord and as i remain in that space of asking the lord to take away that desire that leads me to the fourth step and the last step and that's simply contemplating and rest that i let the truth that the lord has his desires for me seep into my bones that there's nothing greater than i can desire than jesus himself and that is the conclusion of the prayer and in that way i'm not like offering up some words to god and hoping that he's happy whenever i begin prayer i end prayer being a different kind of person and i resemble christ more and more not just in my actions but in what my thoughts are throughout the day and what I desire throughout the day. This is how we actually become transformed people. And so the Lord calls us, not simply to pray with our words, but to pray with our hearts and our minds, to unite ourselves to him. To unite ourselves through him, through meditation, ordinarily done through Lectio Divina, which is reading the scriptures, meditating on the scripture, Praying or talking to God in the scripture and resting in God's word in the scripture.